Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of the Proc Talks. I'm your host, Dario. And as, as always, before we jump into today's um, topic and welcome today's guests, um, a little reminder, please get us a cup of tea, coffee, and, and a little donation always helps a lot. Uh, keeping up the Proc Talks and the Proc Space running. Um, thanks so much for your support and for your interest. For And thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, and... With that said, uh, let's welcome today's guests. Uh, the one um, you you will have seen um, two weeks ago already, if you watched the episode about uh, with Aqua Furtive, is Luca de la Rosa from uh, Caen in the Normandy. Hi, Luca. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> And uh, joining us today as well is Lola Domblasoyer from. Uh, Nancy, is that correct? Metz. Metz. Close. 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 <laughs> um, and uh, today we want, to, we want to talk about the second Soledad album, which is called uh, 13 or 13. I don't know what 13. you... We're good. Okay. <laughs> oh, 13. Actually, in French, I always say like 13 because I'm lazy, but... Now we say Solidu. <laughs> yeah, actually, we say Solidu. <laughs> don't say 13 at all it's like solid <laughs> yes and it is out on april 15 so, so a couple of days after this episode drops and um yeah it is not the 13th album of solida as we just established it's And uh, Lulu was also producing it, um, just like this time around uh, again. But so th this this is kind of the never change a winning team uh, part uh, of the deal here. But uh, there's a couple of other people on the album and also in the band now. So it's not a solo project anymore. So Lola, tell us what happened between there and then there and now uh what so <laughs> at what point did you recruit some more musicians to make soledad a full proper band yeah okay so actually when i was like when was that it was in like 2019 uh we all joined a music school in nancy so that's why you thought I was in Nancy. I'm not anymore. But yeah, we met up there and I met like, um, actually there were two members back then that I knew before. Uh, but I met uh, what is now the core element to Soledad, who are like Théo Pintz, who is on rhythmic guitar, and Julien Gillet is on drums and we met and uh actually it's funny because they're like a bit of a mashup of myself julien is more into like um prog rock and classics 
and Theo is more into like gentle and modern stuff. So it was a very nice mashup and we always played together during our year at school and stuff like that. And we decided to stick together, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Um, one thing that uh, that uh, stood out immediately for me, uh, listening to 13 or Solid Deux for the first time, uh, which was a couple of months ago already, thanks to you as you sent me the files uh, a, a while ago already, um, uh, is that um, it sounds very much... Uh, somehow a lot more diverse than um than catharsis was even though catharsis was kind of it had very different elements it had like some songs sounded completely different than others but it was kind of a compact whole like like it it was it was like very um much the same vibe throughout the whole uh album and 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 this album is more like scattered throughout um just taking the first two songs here, uh, Hanging Over Me, which is kind of not dark and brutal <laughs> at all. And then you get slapped in the face with the hex following up. Um, uh, so so what was different with the... Let's talk a little bit about the songwriting process. Uh, was it, um, even though there's more people to the band or in the band right now, was it still you um, like who came up with a basis? Okay, for the so, songs? Uh, absolutely all the bases are mine. So it's still me doing it. But um, I think, like, I started to write uh, Catharsis back in 2016 already. <laughs> so it was a long time ago, and I learned a lot since so the main yeah the major um thing that changed is progression i guess and improvement <laughs> and learning new stuff and um actually the big difference between uh catharsis and 13 is that i think it's a bit less show off you know uh it's more focused on the tiny things. I don't know how to say that, but it's more focused and clear and less um, spread, you know. I don't know how to explain that. It's kind of subjective, but I feel it's more focused really on the important things. So the main, um, yeah, the stuff that don't really change between catharsis and 13 of Mm -hmm. um, it's that uh, they're both uh, concept albums so uh, that's just how I write I mean I need a story to be able to write music behind and to be able to develop that storytelling you know and to face that story with music so that's how uh, the main basis was done and that's yeah, that's actually how I did catharsis as well. So I had my like um, text, lyrics, like no, more like story, lyrics, and then music at the end. Um, not for my migraine, migraine, though 
because first like, single. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I didn't really have the story behind the first because it was, uh, it was actually written first, I guess. I don't know if you remember, but like I sent it to you like many years ago, and it was already written, and I was like, it already had that um, kind of synth. You know, at the beginning, <laughs> it was like it was like way cheaper than it, was, than it is now. But yeah, so actually, I tend to have like story, then lyrics, then um, music, and that didn't change change from uh, catharsis. But what actually changed uh, is that I'm. Uh, I know more about uh, theory and especially harmony now. And I managed to refocus and take um, and take more time. You said, yeah, yeah you, you said you said it's more focused. The songwriting, you feel uh, you 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 were able to focus more on the on the on the songs rather than kind of like go into a show off or something and uh, of course you don't there, there's there's no 25 minute track on 13 so uh that's <laughs> um but but one element that is that is very very um important for soledad and for the music is the symphonic element of course and um, while there's a lot of symphonic metal bands out there that, um, like in almost all cases, it's like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, maybe happy power metal or whatever. It's like very different from what, what, what you are doing. And I'm not sure if it's only the metal aspect that is different, like, you know, more mainstream uh straightforward uh for four on the floor um like galloping this <laughs> um or or if it's also just different influences from the classical era um like uh i i think um yeah i don't know what, what do you yeah. feel about it um yeah actually the symphonic elements are like really important to me and for Lulu as well you know that so yeah actually I don't want to make symphonic metal which is really branded towards that kind of heavy power metal with synths of strings and like just Eolian everywhere and <laughs> just kind of it bores me a bit, but yeah, I. I just wanted to say boring. <laughs> you can yeah, say that. I guess. <laughs> no, I don't want you to hurt anyone and to some bitchy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, <clears throat> shitstorm <laughs> ensuing. <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, yeah, I really want like in symphonic metal, uh, the focus is really on strings, and I really wanted to enhance all the winds and stuff like that. So yeah, my screen shut down. Okay. So yeah, actually I wanted to uh, enhance all the um, like horns, trumpets, trombones. Yeah, that's, I, I also think it's a, it's a, like also knowing some, some classical music. I think it's, um, it's a very important uh, 
part of a symphony orchestra for for the at least for the romantic area era of course <laughs> and yeah actually, yeah actually i'm more into the romantic era as well and so is lulu i guess yeah really really dig like romantic music and actually a bit of baroque baroque as well for the harmonic progressions that were really um innovative but yeah for really for the um orchestration and instrumentation part we're really into um romantic music and i really wanted to uh, put it to another level and lulu as well in 13. <laughs> um, yeah there's I mean, you said you said there's a lot of emphasis on strings only and the usual uh, symphonic metal. Um, uh, there's also a lot of string sounds on uh, 13, I think. Mm. But but for uh, a lot of times, it is also contrasting with you know the very heavy parts with the uh, with the gentle guitars. It's uh, mm. a, a lot of times it's it's kind of really uh, cool and funny pizzicato stuff that's going on. That's like very different to the, you know, very broad um, when, when the strings are just having this huge, uh, um, it's like a carpet, you know. <laughs> Actually, with, uh, with everyone involved in the project, we like to call Soledad a Disney gent. <laughs> that's what it is. It's just basically you take... Disney and you put gent on it and makes there's, and, and, and there's there's also a lot of waltzy rhythms with the six and uh, three mm. or I like tenari <laughs> rhythms so <yeah. laughs> I like it we joke out about it with Lucas so um <laughs> yeah since we're talking about classical music um which would we would you say who is who is your who are your favorite classical composers or is there any particular um, piece of um symphony or other piece of music that that you were particularly fond of and and really uh listen to a lot actually like there's uh this one i really listen to a lot because i sang it uh with my core in um, musicology and it's uh, the requiem de verdi verdi's requiem okay okay you've got it on your no no i've got something else i got this is uh, the german requiem from I, brahms and right. this is this is this is my favorite piece and yeah. um uh if everything goes all right i will be singing it again with the munich choir soon and I'm super happy about that because this is pure doom metal. <laughs> yeah, actually, like, like without the metal, obviously, but <laughs> it's pure doom. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, my favorite piece will be Verdi's um, Requiem. Then I think my favorite uh, like composers will be uh, Chopin. And Debussy. I Very French. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like Debussy for... Piano? The, yeah, I don't know how to say that, but Debussy for the orchestration parts and um, 
the way and the harmony as well. And Chopin, because he makes me cry. Um, well, in 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 the title track of Thirteen, there's actually um, like some middle part that is more like a, a piano con concert, and it it made me think of uh, one of my favorite, um, yeah, electronic artists more or less, or electronic art pop, whatever. Susan Sundfur, uh, she's amazing, and the, and on on I think it was in the album Ten Love Songs, was it? There was this song uh, Memoriam. Memorial. Yeah, 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 memorial. Yeah. And and it's the same. There's also like a piano concert part in the middle. Of course, the 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 beginning and the end is gonna is 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 more pop music with her, not not like with Soledad where you have the heavy gent guitars. Um, Love this song. Like the the main theme is amazing, and actually it's uh, Gabby who made me listen to it for the first time. Ah, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luca, what what about you? You, you I think you, you didn't really say anything <laughs> until now. <laughs> Actually, for the symphonic part, uh, Lucas is more to be asked than me because. Yeah, I just wanted to ask who who's who's playing the piano there. Am. <laughs> <C'est toi. laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, pretty much wrote all of the the middle section. Uh, because Lola asked me, she was like, I need an interlude here, like a really romantic one. And it was just like, I just suggested I could do it because like, that's my shit. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm, I also know the song Memorial uh, and, I, and I love it, but I don't think it had any impact on me writing it at all because uh, I wasn't responsible for the structure. So the fact that there's a symphonic interlude in the middle is just Lola's choice. It's not me. And then writing it, uh, it was it was very literal, romantic influences, like legitimate ones, not just influences from people who do things like that, like interludes uh, in modern music. It was more like uh, Russian composers of the actual romantic era, I would say. And 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 yeah, who who would you quote as your favorite composers? In general, there would like in all of classical music, there would be too much to say. But uh, I would say for for this specific on this specific topic, like for this interlude, my biggest influences were probably Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky. And uh, oh, what's his name? The, the the guy who did Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, Gershwin. Gershwin. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of him in the piano as well. I think uh, that's mostly it. I think. Yeah, uh, prog nerd question. Did you did you listen to the um, Rhapsody in Blue um, version from Liquid Tension Experiment last year? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think okay. I checked the album. So <laughs> I think you should do it. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very, very yeah. Lula? I, think I started it, but it like bothered me a bit so <laughs> I don't know I should maybe try to listen to it again yeah I was so so surprised last year how much I really liked the whole album because um, I think pretty much uh, similar to uh, a lot of people uh, both fans and musicians in the prog scene this kind of you know show off um, prog metal is not 
that much en vogue still. <laughs> and um, yeah, if you have bands like Leprous, you see they're, they're, they're going into a diff totally different direction, um, focusing on songwriting and uh, emotion uh, rather than technical show-offs. Um, but yeah, if you take it for what it is, uh, I think LTE3 was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we 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 we, we kind of drifted drifted off into the music and nerding. Um, but uh, earlier, Lula, you al already said a little bit about the concept, uh, like that you you like to write concept albums, and um, well, uh, yeah, Catharsis was. Uh, pretty much you coping with the traumatic experience. Um, uh, so what did you write about this time for, for 13? <laughs> okay, so basically what I want to try to do is making like some kind of um, red line between all the albums I'm gonna release and like having like a following story um, or stuff that can stick to it. So actually, it's a bit the same, like um, catharsis. Wait, I'm just going to... Just... I'm going to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, actually, catharsis was uh, more... Um, I don't know if we can say that autobiographical. Yeah. Like self. Yeah, autobiographic, I think. Centered. Yeah. Uh. Actually, it was like self centered. It was my story and literally my story. Uh, whereas 13 isn't my story. But actually, uh, when I wrote um, Migraine, Migraine, um, we, uh, how did I do that? Maybe you, you, you took some, yeah, yeah, please. Right. I got the, <laughs> what I wanted to say. Actually, uh, for a moment during my PTSD period, I had like some kind of symptom that happened only once. And it was me like uh, being blind for like just 30 seconds but I was like blinded and I couldn't see anything. And um, it actually led me to the concept of the second album, which is uh, the main character uh, loses her sight and she has to make, um, like she loses her sight due to the witch who is Suzy. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Susie is the witch. She is bewitching me, basically. I lose my sight. She loses her sight. Same shit. Um, and the whole concept is about the trip and uh, to find the remedy. And the end. <laughs> I don't know how to say, my, say the concept, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you, now, now you just brought us to the to the next interesting um, part uh, that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, is the guest 
musicians on the album. And um, yeah, starting with uh, Suzy, she's on the second track called Hex, as you just mm-hmm. said, she's a witch, bewitching you. Um, Suzy is, of course, the amazing singer from uh, Lucas' other band, Archetype. Um, and uh, I remember when you uh, when you were uh, in Caen uh, recording with uh, Luca, I remember you saying that you 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 were getting like uh, some vocal coaching from her. And now, <laughs> yeah, right. She 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 she's offering lessons. I actually mm-hmm. considered myself to to ask her for some lessons because she's she's amazing. I will have to see if if, if uh, she can translate that uh, what she's com- conveying with, with her voice when she sings also in a didactic way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah, so how, how did it uh, did, did you have in mind from the first from from the start when you when you came up with the with the um, concept that you want to have a guest vocals for this role <laughs> for this character or did you just think when you were you know doing live co- coaching sessions with her that you thought okay this would be awesome <laughs> okay so actually i i had Susie in mind for years for a guest so when i was writing hex and the lyrics had a witch in it with like a spell and stuff like that to say i was like This is for Susie, no matter what. <laughs> this is for Susie, and I won't, I won't want anyone else. <laughs> like, so yeah. And actually, she started coaching me after the recordings, and now t- time to time we have like some lessons to, like, if you want to know, we like actually. Right now we're working a lot on belting and mixed voice. So yeah, that's stuff I could uh, like. I I I I would need to learn as well if I want wanted to sing metal because yeah I only have my classical training uh, which kind of stands in the way of using my voice properly in, in a pop or rock setting because anytime I'm I open my mouth to form a note a tone mm, it's it, 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 it is it, it, no it will automatically make it round and beautiful yeah. and full you know and that's like usually not really wanted in pop and rock contexts or or metal even (laughs) right Mm. (laughs) wonderful yeah it's it's uh, great to to hear her on hex and i hope we'll hear her soon on archetype one (laughs) right yeah 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 we will one day Um, but there's uh, some more guests on uh, 13, notably some guitar solos again, just like on Catharsis, where there were amazing guitar uh, guests, uh, Sumia Geshami and, and Loam uh, McLaughlin and mm-hmm. Hugo from Fractal Universe and also Lulu. But uh, this time you uh, you brought in some some new Uh, guitarists, uh, mm-hmm. tell us who they are. Okay, so like I can consider Lucas 
a guest as well for like the songwriting part in 13. So I'm gonna come to Lucas in. So actually, they're not really newcomers in uh, <laughs> in 13, but yeah. Uh, but the guitar solos, right? Yeah, the soloist. Let's go. Uh, they were both my teachers in Nancy. Oh. And uh, like they, their playing moved me so much every time I, like we were in lesson, like in class with them and we had, I don't know, like it's moved me so much. And actually I asked uh, Hassan first um, for migraine because it was like, harmonic minor and kind of um moving like between chords it like the harmonic progression is uh, a little more uh, complex during the bridge and the solo part than in than the rest of the song so i was like actually asan would be like an amazing fit because he's really uh into holtzworth and stuff like that. So he really like and then says how many and stuff like that. So I really wanted Hassan for that. And Jeremy, um, he's he's just an alien, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain that. He's he's really a sweetheart. He's very humble and um uh, I didn't know what he would come with. Actually, we're uh, talking. We're talking about the guitar solo on on, yeah. on Sh shelter, shelter One, right? Yeah, Shelter One. <laughs> actually, uh, I didn't know um, what he could do. And actually, now I'm thinking again. Uh, I sent him like two songs to pick. And he picked, like, he, he didn't pick, he, pay, he played, like, two versions of solos for each song. And so I didn't have, like, one solo. I had four <laughs> to pick between. I was like, what? Okay. And actually, the, the one in the album is the first he played and I listened to. And when I opened the WeTransfer and I listened to it, I was like crying. You can't even imagine, like I was crying super hard. And I know I'm not the only one to have cried during that solo because it's like- Everyone has. Yeah, <laughs> I know someone who said like, it's weird, I don't like it. But I'm like, that's why it's the fucking best solo ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I cried. And I was like, no matter what comes after that, when I was like listening to the files, I was like, no matter what comes after, this is the one. And nothing can nothing nothing can top that. <laughs> like it was a very visceral reaction I had because it fitted so much the mood and it's not spoiling but it's just pure genius and i would have never thought about it and actually 
during the first lessons, I was like, how the fuck did it? <laughs> and even after when I'm like, right now I'm trying to transcribe all the music into sheets, his solo is impossible to transcribe. <laughs> I managed to do it, but yeah, it was a nightmare. But it's Okay, good, good, good you said you managed. Otherwise I would have uh, cont- uh, put you in contact with a friend of mine, uh, Uh, who is uh, usually um, always transcribing everything they do at the free guitar camp from Ia Eklund um, is um, the bass player from the Swedish prog metal band Andromeda. Mm. And uh, his name eludes me right now, but he's awesome. What's his name? Maybe, maybe I'll find out uh, during. The <laughs> It's okay. So if if anyone could, w- would have been able to do it, he would he would be okay. the one. <laughs> yeah, actually, we uh, like we did our own parts, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make all the guests. Actually, I tried to transcribe Lucas. But maybe MIDI files doesn't want to fit in it, so I had to like quantize a lot. It was a nightmare to do it. I don't know if I send it to you because I don't think so. But I always have a very hard time transcribing my own solos. And sometimes people want tabs, and I'm like, I play in a very rubato way mm-hmm. where I don't fit in very precise rhythmic places. I like to have my licks. Uh, just speeding up and slowing down, which is very much a romantic influence. You know, it's, <laughs> a, it's a it's very much of a Chopin or Liszt thing to have the phrases speed up and then slow down. Yeah. I do that a lot in my solos, but then if I want to transcribe that to paper, it's like it it would work on a classical context if you can write that it's speeding up and slowing down every time. But if it's a guitar profile that's supposed to be playing back, you know, unless you just automate the tempo all the time. It, it, it won't work because you're supposed to have the drums and bass and everything be still tight. So in order to have one of the instruments be rubato, it's very hard to to program into Guitar Pro. And I think I think Jeremy was a little bit like this as well. But on top of that, he also uses bottlenecks. He does a lot of slide guitar, and so he's very hard to transcribe because the notes are never one note then another then another, etc. It's a lot of sliding between pitches all the time. And I kind of do that, but without bottlenecks, I do it with a with a lot of whammy bar and actual sliding of the fingers. But it makes transcribing very hard. So, uh, or, or you just use use an ebo, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a, yeah. The the ebo is fine. Like it only changes the fact that you you constantly have a sound that's going on. But if you do something tight with your left hand, it will still be easy to transcribe. But you know, if you play in a way that Jeremy does, I, I wouldn't want to have to transcribe it. You know, <laughs> metal, metal archives to the rescue, and Linus Abrahamson is the guy. <laughs> very, very, very cool guy. Um, wow, awesome! Uh, I, I really, really can't wait for the world out there to hear 13. Um, it's a killer record, and I already said it like I think uh, two weeks ago in this in the Aqua Furtiva. Um, episode that it's it is yeah. the most listened album for me this year so far even though it's not even out yeah. uh okay <laughs> actually i listened to uh road to square one today 
what a killer congrats lucas because i didn't say it yet because i Thanks. was busy but it was say it to Yago. and i i think i did already i don't know not sure maybe yeah we have we had uh, an interesting uh, uh conversation this afternoon on um with Yago and lola uh like uh back and forth this this afternoon about some shady PR practices and people uh, trying to scam young artists uh, for PR services, which was kind of funny, but also a little bit weird because you never know what, like the motivation of these people is. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> like you told me he's legit, but I'm like, mm, it's still shady. I don't know. It's still shady. Yes. I don't know what to think about it, but yeah. <laughs> um wonderful uh yeah what, what's what's next after the release of 13 for soledad <laughs> good uh, <laughs> actually uh <laughs> like we're <clears throat> what's hard for life is that we're really split to into friends so we can't really say like let's rehearse um every saturday for example um we all have our stuff but every time we have a rehearsal it's magic because it's like so tight because the guys actually work behind so it's cool and when we get to the rehearsal it's so tight and we can work on many many songs during the same rehearsal time without uh having to like book many times uh our schedule and so we would like to yeah go to on stage Mm -hmm. go on stage uh, for real uh, actually we partnered with uh, Tourvi who is like a label uh, owned by my best friend it's like uh, a non-profit label owned by my best friend who is like basically my brother from another mother and yeah um, he's a booker in real life for the link pod i don't know if you know the link production we uh they have uh, there's uh, actually um yeah i i, I won't uh, take my uh camera now to show there but there's a there's a poster up there from hypnose yeah uh, so, where, where there's yeah, the link yeah. production on yeah. logo uh, uh, above my bed mm -hmm. <laughs> so they have hypnose uh, perturbator uh, Rebellion and mm -hmm. big bands actually mm -hmm. like big French bands uh, they had Ginger for a while for France booking mm -hmm. I guess so yeah um, Thomas works here and he also has uh, his non-profits um, on the side and Soledad isn't it awesome so, yeah we we have his expertise to book us maybe when we are ready so yeah live uh we also have our crowdfunding that's running to be able to like um fund the album 
and um, produce the the merch and stuff like that and be able so, to move on to projects. Yeah, so so the the crowdfunding is uh, like a lot of bands are doing it nowadays. Is that uh, I think uh, you did it like you you produce a whole, the album and once it's finished you come up with the crowdfunding and uh, this way you help uh, like pre-finance the the manufacturing costs for the cds and for the merch exactly. stuff yeah it was um <clears throat> if we go less into um like promotion and uh showing off stuff but that's still in interesting to talk about it like what we wanted to do i didn't want to put like anyone at risk um for example lulu or robin uh who was a director of migraine i wanted to pay those people first and i wasn't like um I wasn't going to tell them like, yeah, wait, we're going to do a crowdfunding first and then maybe you're going to get paid. So no, not how, that's not <laughs> how it works. So we paid Lucas, we paid uh, Robin. And actually we had uh, a first step that was like maybe 550 euros, if my memory is right, um, which is now down we are far from the second i guess step but yeah actually we wanted to make like um a crowdfunding to refund everything and to be able to provide and also to make it work like a pre-order to be able to not like uh order like for example uh, 500 cities if we don't need them you know, yeah, uh, and to be able to like um, target our audience and stuff like that, it was really. And actually, um, it's funny because it's it kind of is some marketing content because it is promo stuff that goes to the album and the album goes to the crowdfunding and it's a, some kind of cycle and we managed to to make it that way. So yeah, it's not uh, a crowdfunding to make an actual project. It's a crowdfunding to refund us if possible. And that works like kind of a pre-order. So the advantages are that the listener will have an album no matter what because it's done, but it just helps us for the future, you know. That's what. Uh, how, how long is this going to run still? Well, uh, we have the second 13 days. <laughs> okay. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> Let me tell you that we're in trouble. So so it, uh, it's actually going until the, until the day of the album release. Yeah. So once this episode drops on Wednesday... Uh, before the album release, uh, it's Wednesday the thirteenth. Oh. Yes. So, the, so if you listen to this on the thirteenth or fourteenth uh, of uh, April, you still have two or one days to contribute to the crowdfunding. Otherwise, if you listen to it afterwards, you can still get the album. I'm pretty sure you can still order it. And that brings us to my last point. As always, um, yeah, 
get the album, uh, support the artists, um, buy it on Bandcamp, I guess, uh, or if this pre-order is still running, the crowdfunding, do it there um, to to support the band directly. Um, follow Soledad on the social socials. We're gonna show the links somewhere everywhere in the screen and also in the description below. As always, thank you. Uh, thank you, Lola. And thank you, Lulu, for uh, joining us today for the Proc Talks. Welcome. Thank you for letting us talk, I guess. Yeah, thanks. And um, yeah, once again, a quick reminder to get us here at the Proc Talks a cup of tea or coffee. Um, really helps us out a lot as well as liking subscribing commenting you will find all the links to our socials as well in the description that's it for today until next time take care of yourselves and keep spreading that prog love the prog talks produced by the prog space Main host, Rune Belsvik-Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik-Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.